0: Hey folks, welcome into On Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma. Patrick Mooney, not with us. He's doing uh, some game coverage today because we're recording before the Cubs wrap their series against the Phillies. Uh, Cubs winning the first two games because they are a very good team. You'll see, see Mooney's not here today, so I get to say as much as I want about the second half Cubs. Uh, <laughs> you can't shoot it down. Negative we'll, Mooney. Yeah, we'll start there, I guess. <laughs> will, then we'll Then we'll transition to some of the other stuff. So, you know, as we, I feel like I have presented it, and I'm, I a joke, because Mooney's not actually, at least I don't think, he's actually giving me shit on this point. Um, because I think we present it in a grounded way that, that you know, the Cubs are, they lost a ton of games that also matter in the first half, and that's why they're way below 500 and not even remotely close to going to the playoffs, and uh, all that matters. It's just that once that came to be true, which, like we said, was pretty much end of April, we were like, okay, time to move on, um, I feel like a lot has gone really well. once Once things turned that page toward, okay, all of this is about the future, I just feel like it's gone well and I feel like the second half record is at least partly a reflection of a lot of things going well. And so that's all. That's all I ever really am saying about it. Plus, you know, I'll admit it. I've got the fan heartbeat that is a little different than you guys where it's like, I just, I want to see them winning games because it, I feel a little better when I wake up in the morning and I, you know, it's just, it's a, (laughs) it's a nice little part of it. And I perceive that by the way, Um, I feel like I generally have a pretty good pulse a pretty good ability to know where the pulse of the fan base is and I can tell you and I would tell the Cubs and the decision makers with the Cubs that they are really going to have an opportunity this offseason to get people back on board like I can feel that swell happening a little bit and I think that matters and I think they I've got to believe they are gauging that somehow because I, while it won't Make the decision of what the front office does exactly. I could see it making a difference at the margins when it comes to budget decisions and like okay, you know they act like it's this like super hard fast that well, we just give them this this is the line and da 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 well, we know that's not true because we know that things like uh the conversations about multi year deals and about uh you know paying say his posting fee last year and all these things there are margins that get discussed. And I think it'll matter a little bit that we're in this moment where I hope the organization perceives that they have an opportunity this off season to really get more people on board. Speaking of which, and then I'll turn it over to you to comment on any of this stuff. Did you see the announcement yesterday?
1: Cubs convention Cubs is convention is about? back. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: back. And I think that that, you know, that would have had to have been in the plans for a long time. And I'm not saying that they are, making that decision on the basis of how things have gone in the second half. But I do think it's received differently for that reason. I think maybe the timing of the announcement is different for that reason. And I think the general energy that they know that could build to CubsCon for the first, it's the first one in three years since pre pandemic. Um, I, I think it, again, it, it, I just feel like it matters at the margins a little bit.
1: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you that there's I I can feel it with the fan base. I mean, granted, it's not like running into people in the streets and and uh, and and talking to them about it. If I you know, when most of the fans I actually talk to it face to face, it's like parents at pickup at school. Right. And uh, some of them are pretty hardcore fans. Some of them are just casual fans. Wait, can I ask Uh, you?
0: Are you like a celebrity there at Barrett Pickup? Because among the hardcore fans, they're like, That's Sahative. There's there's uh,
1: there's been some yeah, uh there's been some <laughs> stuff, yes. Where we're uh, <laughs> random they're like, wait a second, are you Sahadev Sharma? And then and then they'll act weird for a moment <laughs> until they get to know that I'm just a big dummy. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a nice thing. I've known
0: that for years. So it's...
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, but, no, no, it's very nice to, to get recognized, and, and most of the time there's uh, plenty of compliments, so I always appreciate that and always tell them. Sometimes they won't come up to me for, like, months, and then like our kids will be introduced, and they're like, oh, I like i wanted to say hi but i didn't want to bug you and i was like no come say hi it's cool let's talk baseball uh anyways uh, a lot of that is like so what do you think like uh, is, are they any good like can they get good like i saw that one guy the other night he looked decent uh, and stuff like that but on twitter which i know is like this uh, not a great it's an exaggerated way to judge things yeah, yeah but I, there was a lot more negativity in the first half. There was a lot of it. Anytime I wrote anything that even hinted at, hey, they should sign guys this offseason because they're not that far off. Or, you know what, I, I can see a path to contending in 2023. The pushback was immense. And and I, I'd see it in the comments a lot, too. The comments, just in general, I don't, I try to avoid the comments section for the most part just because for my own mental health. Uh, But I think it, there's uh I, I usually read like the first 10 or so like you know when when it's first posted I'll, I'll notice the, the first few that pop up and, and there's a lot more positivity right now on Twitter uh, in the comments section I'm noticing it I'm noticing that fans feel like when you say hey there's a path to this team contending in 2023 you know if, as long as it's reasoned as long as you're not saying this team should win the World Series in 2023 or something like that as long as you're not going over the top uh, I think Fans are seeing that finally, and you know, a lot of it is probably like hope so, wishing on it and stuff like that. and And I get that, and that's fair. Our fans should always be hopeful, and and uh, I'd prefer an overly optimistic fan base than one that we were seeing uh, after the trade deadline last year. Essentially, the last year and a half, year and a half before this trade deadline, maybe because they didn't move Happen and, and Wilson. That's a big part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how much of that it is, even though it's not like Wilson and, and Hap have been carrying the team during this time. If anything, it's been I mean, it not if anything, it is the pitching. It just I think that just keeps reinforcing like what could have happened if they were healthy in the first half. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it changes things too much, but it definitely maybe it just emphasizes that. Oh yeah, that they need to spend this winter because look at how close they could be. Uh, they're going to end in the seventy-something wins. I don't know if I would have said that. Yeah, felt under ninety, predicting losses. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, I, I don't know if I would have felt comfortable predicting that a month ago um, or or two months ago or whatever. Uh, I was getting a lot of "This is the worst Cubs team ever" talk. Uh, which I, I i felt was very obviously over the top and hyperbolic but uh, you know in in certain down moments uh those long 8 9 10 11 game losing streaks i get it right but uh it's it's nice to see that they've kind of I don't. I wouldn't say the team has turned a corner as much as it's nice to see. Giving fans a reason to have optimism is always. It's a much better. It's. It feels easier to do my job that way. It's less like, oh god, am I going to get yelled at because I wrote something slightly positive, or that this team could be good in the not too distant future, and everyone's going to freak <clears> out <throat> about it. Uh, the negativity is, is never fun to be around, and and hopefully the Cubs. Uh, front office capitalizes uh, on this. You know, I'm not saying they should capitalize on fan base positivity, but capitalize on the fact that hey, your team's playing much better, and they don't look like they're years and years away. And I think if Jed was is true to his word, he's he's said this isn't a long rebuild. He's said. Sorry, I shouldn't say rebuild. Uh he's he hasn't said that he, a long process, a long uh, time to get to contention. I he he's said that over and over again, so you know, that that let's see him back that up and and act on those words. It's not just about relying on kids. It's it's more than that, which we've talked about. So, let's see it this winter.
0: Yeah, you know, that ties again to you, you almost hope the front office Sees this moment as an opportunity to like get that one extra hire or that one extra, you know, one extra complimentary player on a ten million dollar one year deal, where it's just like maybe we can squeeze just a little bit more out of this because there's this wave of positivity and um, you know, like you said, we'll see. I think uh, the other thing I wanted to mention from the Philly series and. can get into it as much as you want or not. It's just, it it, it almost sounds like I'm exasperated by it. I'm not. It's awesome. It's that Hayden Wisniewski again, just looked very, very capable. Um, I think, you know, last night there were, I want to say five of his hits were um, just terrible garbage hits. You know, dribbler, blooper, nothing, terrible contact. But we know that that happens, right? That's going to happen to every pitcher throughout a season and you're going to be then thrust into difficult innings not by your own struggles but just by the nature of the sport and then that's when it can spiral or that's when you know pitching with runners on base can be more challenging or that's when a hit is more damaging or a walk is more damaging whatever it is Uh, and you know last night at least when presented in those moments he just seemed to gather himself well and um, you know again that too won't always be the case sometimes a couple guys are going to reach and then you're going to give up a dong that's just going to happen and you want to see the response to that as well Uh, but for now I feel like we keep getting exposed to the idea of, of Wisneski as a guy who has great stuff knows he has great stuff and so he's just working in the zone and trusting his catcher trusting his stuff and is not at all rattled by the moment it's it's just really impressive
1: yeah it's getting hard not to be impressed by him he's got everything that you want to see Uh, plus a little bit more in the sense like he gets things that it's like even a guy that I felt like is mature beyond his years took like Nico a couple years to really get down like he just knows how to go about his business he's very focused the day of uh his his start he has his routine down he's on the mound and he want he expects to get certain calls uh, there was a case strut uh at at one point when it wasn't a strike i think it was real muto uh and he just kind of walked off the mound expecting it didn't get it kind of like there was no like gawking at the ump or like uh you know like putting up your arms there was no showing up the ump but it was like okay Back to business. Get on there. Not getting flustered that he didn't get a call. There was another one. There was a ball for full count that he clearly struck the guy out looking mm-hmm. on. A, I believe a slider. It was a great pitch. And yeah, great pitch. Uh, didn't get the call. Didn't get. I. I, I want to say it ended up being like a a tough moment I think that was one of those uh, innings he had like two innings where there were quite a few runners on and Mm -hmm. and it was less than two outs uh and and he got out of both of them with just that one run only because uh Schwarber stole on the shift uh and and was Ross said that's on pretty much everybody not just Wisniewski Wisniewski took it all himself uh that's another thing I don't see any moment where he's blaming anyone else uh pointing a finger getting frustrated on the mound a lot of these little things beyond just like yes he's got the stuff yes he throws strikes yes he missed bats uh misses bats yes he doesn't uh walk guys like all that stuff is awesome you I mean that's the most important things but like the stuff that I start to look at that I'm wondering and Ross has brought up uh can this be can this guy be really good like a 2 of some sort at some point not next year but i'm just saying can he grow into this really good pitcher i i don't i, I don't want to dismiss it uh, he's imp- he keeps impressing me i thought i went into this start wondering like how does he do this is the first time he's facing an actual legitimate lineup right he had faced the three worst lineups in baseball, and a Giants team that uh, got to him uh, yeah, right, hit a couple they, of homers. Yeah, uh, and and I thought he did well. By the way, uh, I I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I wrote it. It was like a throwaway line, but uh, I I think there's some people with the Cubs that thought the the Giants knew what was coming with this slider. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, you know, I was just gonna say I remember seeing that somewhere, and might have been it might have been you. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: The, not not that they were stealing signs, uh, but that uh, he had a tell. And after one start, that that's a smart organization in San Francisco. They picked it up, and and they and I talked to Wisniewski because I missed that start because I was flying to New York. Uh, so the next day in New York, I said, "Hey, I saw the box score. I didn't see the game." How, what, like, did they just hit a few of your misses? Like, what happened there? Did they get, like, I, I just wanted to know what, what was that start like for you? And he even said, he was like, he's like, yeah, I threw, he's like, I probably, they hit my misses. He's like, but it really felt, they were sitting on my slider. They were just sitting on my slider. He, like, repeated it. It was like, okay, alright. And I talked to a couple other people and, and got the sense that, that they, they kind of found something. And I think that's been corrected. I would, I would assume it's been corrected. Uh, but yeah, there's just so much to like about him. I, I, you know, we've we've talked about it a lot, Brett, on the podcast. Not handing anyone a job outside of you know Strowman and Steele. Um, I'm still sticking with that. I, I'm not changing my mind on that. If he's your sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever it is, starter, he's going to make a lot of starts next year. It's just the reality of baseball now, uh, whether it's health or not. Uh, it, it's just how it works out at, over the course of 162 now and. I think that's a great situation whatever it is but he's opened my eyes and and I'm I'm really impressed and I think that's just one of probably one of the big reasons why we're seeing a lot of positivity from the fan base as well. Yeah, an
0: emergence from a a a, a player that you can you can envision being true impact next year that you know seemingly emerges out of nowhere. Well, I have a thought on that in a moment, but like that is a that does make you really start to rethink what next year can be. Uh, The comment I have on that, though, and it's like the it's one of the her mental hurdles I have to being like all in super quickly on Wes as a like you said, you know, having the upside of a three or a two. How could the Yankees miss that so badly? You know, like Scott Efros is awesome and he's controllable and they needed that in their bullpen this year, et cetera, et cetera get all that in no universe are the Yankees trading a guy they think can be a two for a reliever like that's just never happening and so clear so either either you know something fundamentally changed you know and and we'll see it continue over time that can happen Um, we know that the Cubs said I believe it was Craig Breslow in a athletic piece with you guys suggested that uh, or might have been Casey Jacobson In, in any case that that Wesneski wasn't targeted as like a scouting play where you're like, we know what we can do. We can tweak this, we can tweak this and he'll be better. So it, it it seems unlikely that like the Cubs unlocked something with him. And so that just gives me pause because the Yankees, especially when it comes to young pitchers, they know how to evaluate their own very, very well. And, uh, it, it, it just, it's like, did they just really miss that badly on his potential? I mean, we'll see because we have many years for this to unfold. But yeah, just... and I,
1: and I, we should pull back, right? Obviously, we've seen, I'm kind of misremembering now, but how, like, Alzali had a stretch of starts where it was just like, whoa, what yeah. is going on here? This guy's nasty. Is he a two? And then the lefties started getting to him, right? And that could be the thing with, uh, Wisniewski as well well lefties could eventually get to him uh but he does have he does use his arsenal like the the deeper part of his arsenal more often than I feel like Alzalei does even when Alzalei's on he's he's like it's almost like no matter what pitches are working it's always ends up being like two pitches that he leans on uh, on a given night uh, he very rarely goes like deeper into that arsenal and, and and gets like a third or fourth pitch involved heavily. While uh, I feel like Wisniewski really has switched it up, done a good job. Uh, you know, even last night, like you mentioned, I think you mentioned this, that uh, that he didn't have his best slider and he still was able to to work through a good lineup. So it, we should pull back. Sure. Uh, there, there could be a moment. There could be. I mean, there will be a rough stretch coming. Uh, at some point, I just think like he's, he's got all the the tools to like overcome that and, and seems to have a really strong process. I, I, I do wonder, I, I would, I do wonder when you bring that up Were, were the Yankees, are the Yankees just so confident in their pitching development. They're, they're like, we have enough that we can maybe overpay a little for these pieces, uh, that, that we need, um i've heard there you know it was really split on on wasneski it was interesting people that saw him earlier in the year or last year kind of said like hey he's a reliever maybe a fifth starter people that saw him middle of the year this year and later were like i think he passed up Waldichuk." like uh, i saw that he's someplace yeah like so it, it's I, I i find that interesting um it's almost like uh it's almost like Cade Horton in a way, right, as far as scouting goes because if you saw him early this season you're like, "What? That's an insane draft pick." And like sometimes seven starts can can change an entire uh outlook on a pitcher and maybe that's what's happening with Wisneski. Uh maybe the Yankees felt like let's take advantage of this. Uh this is maybe they were like he's, he's in on a hot a heater stretch right now, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what their thought process was exactly there? uh maybe they just maybe that's just an internal misevaluation who knows uh obviously the cubs hope that's the case
0: yeah and the last thing is some guys i don't i i wouldn't say like some guys have some uh you know underlying mutant ability x gene that gets activated when they reach the big leagues I, I can you tell I have like the X-Men on my mind because the whole Deadpool Wolverine thing oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if that turns out to be a prank or a hoax I'm gonna be so pissed I saw you I didn't even know what it was until I saw you write oh, that I was like
1: what is Brett just, already angry I
0: mean I'm like I'm, I know it's nerdy as hell but like I'm so excited I'm like yes do it but oh I will be so mad if it's not real anyway uh, I I don't know that it's quite accurate to say some guys get to the big leagues and then they have some underlying ability that's triggered by that but there is a huge difference for some guys when they reach the big leagues and their performance suffers obviously because of just it's very hard to do the things that you need to do to perform at your best capability Um, and like we said you watch Wesneski on the field and then everything you read off the field is it just seems like he's a guy who's made to be a big leaguer. Now whether that'll be a front of the rotation type or mid rotation or whatever, that will 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 try to check ourselves on that, but like he looks like he has the presence of a big leaguer. Um like the that that case strut, I know it's just fun to see and joke about and talk about, but for some guys I feel like it I feel like there's a little bit of something there. It reminds me of uh Jason Parks, you know, when he would when he would talk about uh some of that kind of stuff where when guys have a little something extra like that, it can help. So we'll, I guess it's easier to strut when you're performing. Well, we'll see if he keeps the strut when it's like, you know, one, <laughs> one, that's his only strikeout in a, a two inning appearance that gets <laughs> shelled. Um, okay. Uh, let's switch gears. Maybe just a quick wrap on the minor league season, which itself wrapped yesterday. Uh, the Tennessee Smokies were playing in the Southern league championship series, They unfortunately lost the do or die finale of that series, but nevertheless, very successful season for a team that featured um, just a tremendous amount of talent in and out the door. Uh, You know, it's easy to forget that team started the the year with like Chris Morrell on it and uh, Nelson Velasquez, (laughs) like they have seen a lot of movement. They, they started the season without Alexander Canario or Matt Mervis got both of them and then lost both of them to the Iowa Cubs. <laughs> right. I mean, so it, it it's 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 been a um quite a transportation hub for really good players to come and go. So I still thought it was very cool to see them get to make a deep playoff run, one game shy of joining the South Bend Cubs. Cubs could have had two championships in the farm system this year and I think as we've discussed before, results of that kind are not um perfectly predictive of future prospect success or big league success, but we think it matters at the margins of, of what it is to be, to know what it is to compete deep into the playoffs, to, to win, to really have that team concept down while you focus on developing your own game, but also performing in a way that helps the team win. I I just think it was, I'd be surprised if we don't hear a lot in the off season about how overall the organization felt it was a very successful minor league year that's that's my sense oh
1: yeah i think that's uh really hard to ignore i, I think uh if you're one of these people that's just negative on a lot of this stuff if, if you're still mad about the trades uh, from last july uh if you're just mad about the lack of spending over the last couple years um it's it's impossible to deny that what is happening in the minor leagues right now is really positive uh we've we've talked about brett the the lack of that superstar uh but even then uh, you know i really like someone like Pete crow armstrong being that unheralded type of star like uh, that that is a catalyst on a on a future winning team uh the kind of guy that is impossible to find uh anywhere else uh in, in baseball but just does it all and and really helps your team win a lot of games uh kevin alcantara still has that type of ceiling let's see what brendan davis is uh when when he's finally uh you know has you'll have a normal offseason hopefully and and just can come into spring training healthy and, and ready to go. So there's there's a lot to be positive about. I know that you know you you can focus on some of the negatives, I guess. Caleb Killian didn't have the type of end of the season that anybody wanted. Uh but uh Tommy Hotovy made a good point yesterday, kind of talking about we, we were we were talking about mostly Wisniewski with them, but then kind of drifted to all sorts of different things and he was like he was healthy all year and he pitched a lot of innings those are those are some positives that you can point to he, he's learned a lot about himself and I think that's part of development right I am not I'm not as high on Caleb Killian as I was uh you know maybe at the beginning of the season uh but he, he you know if he figures things out that's another depth guy it's just I mean you you need guys like that and, and we've, we've said this before Brett but man think about it years before if a guy like him had this type of season everyone would be like well there's no one else and and it just goes on and on with the pitching and I think we focus so much on the pitching that and and I'll have this piece out on Sunday and I touched on it I think last time I'm not sure if it was last time it was just you and I or last time we did the podcast Brett but man the number of position players that are having good seasons um some of them, they're going to make re- make it really hard for the Cubs to uh, make decisions with the 40-man roster. I think there are some obvious ones, right? Like Brennan Davis needs to be added. That's obvious. Uh, ben Brown feels like he, he should just be added. And then I, you don't risk losing Alcantara, right? Um, so those are three that I feel like, okay, you know. But then there, there are these guys on the like you just wonder what 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 is clicked what's going on chase strumpf jonathan perlaza jake slaughter and then there's just multiple other guys where you look at the numbers and they're not 40 man guys but like bj murray uh ezekiel pagan like these aren't stars at least i don't think they are right they you know we don't think they're stars but are they major league players and and for years um the cubs failed at bringing like have even having these guys in the system. They didn't even have them in the system let alone get them up to the big leagues. So we'll see if they're big leaguers. We'll see that, right? That that that'll matter of course uh, the coming years if they can actually graduate and continue to develop. But it's been a great year as far as development goes. You have to be feel really good about the structures they have in place for both pitching and hitting. Uh I think there's a lot of people Uh, A lot of really smart people uh, doing things. It's not just like Craig Breslow and Justin Stone. I think both of those guys have hired some great instructors and coaches. Uh, And there there are some leftovers, too. I I don't want to just act like it's just all new guys. I've gotten some like I think people have been put in better positions to succeed now. Right. Uh, and and excel and, and like it's they and they have they have the talent it, it's it's great to see it was a very positive year um, you want results you want uh, you want to see these guys graduate but we're starting to right you know uh, whether it's Wisniewski who obviously is in a Cubs product but I mean like Assad and, and guys like that coming up Brandon Hughes uh, that we're we're starting to see morale you're starting to see production. Uh, and and if it just continues, it's it feels it feels like a good situation uh, uh to be in, and I I'm I'm I think it's fun to have those random guys like pop up because uh, some the I mean <laughs> we we you joked about it Brett, but it's like there's just too many I can't keep track of it. But I'd look at the box scores and I was like I gotta ask them about this guy. I gotta like I need to make make a note like. What's the deal? Is this guy good, or is he just having a good month? And then it's like, oh, his whole season numbers are great. Uh, so it, it's a it's a great situation for them to be in. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what else they can do. Uh, the impact talent and stuff like that. I'm curious how that develops uh, as far as whether they can maximize certain guys like Alcantara, whether Kate Hort- Kate Horton turns into like this stud pitcher next year, their next year's draft pick. What, what, what happens there? Obviously all that's going to matter, but right now they have to feel really good about it.
0: It's the cliched waves and waves of, of talent that we've heard about for 15 years, but that the Cubs have not ever actually, or at least <clears throat> we have not seen it like this, where it does feel like at all times there are guys waiting and ready if needed to come up and contribute. And like you said, not necessarily stars, um, but contribute. And I th- I do think about, you know, you almost have to have a lot of guys at AA and AAA that are just kicking so much ass that you can have confidence that if they were needed, they can come up and they can be capable. You know, like they're not going to necessarily move the needle. Like Nelson Velasquez this year, I think about a lot in relation to all of this stuff. You know, he was, um, he was one of these guys who, you know, he started to break out last year, you know, he would get to a new level, struggle a bit, adjust and explode, get to a new level, struggle a bit, adjust and explode. And, and, and he kept doing that. And this year he was needed up at the big league level, maybe a little earlier than he'd had a chance to really settle in at AAA. And it has just come to pass that he's been needed and capable for most of the season at the big league level. And so he's just stayed up and it's, it's like, isn't it better to have a guy like that available than have to try to find those guys in free agency or trade at mid season if you needed extra depth? And the Cubs I think have a lot of guys like that coming. Now they're gonna have to figure out how to accommodate all of them on the forty man roster, but you'd rather have that problem than the opposite. Um I think we'll actually I, Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, I, no, go. No, no, no. I like I like and you
1: touched on it right there, like the the forty man crunch, but I think I'm fascinated by uh, you brought up Velasquez, and I think a better version of him is Canario, and and I just I just want to put this out there, and maybe I've already said it, but I keep thinking about him as like the centerpiece of a trade, uh, no. for for like a pitcher that's a year or two away from free agency, right? He seems like that type of piece. Like you don't give up your top prospect anymore for those guys. Right. That very rarely happens, but this really interesting power bat, uh, you know, can you, can you get a, a, a really good pitcher, uh, in a deal built around him and like a low a flyer, whatever that may be. Uh, I think when you have this type of depth and you have this type of talent, those are the types of moves you have to start considering as well. Uh, cause you're not, cause you're not Cleveland. You're not Tampa Bay, uh, you have to pounce on, on those opportunities when, when they arise. And I think you look at Cleveland and Tampa Bay and is there, there's one other team that I always lump in there, but I, I I'm blanking on them right now. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but those are the two teams I always think of. It's like they're, they're going to Miami, I guess, to an extent as well. Uh, but you look to take advantage of those moments that they're going to have to move players that are getting expensive or are already expensive to, uh, and and you try and you utilize now that they actually have that depth, we, we talked about it with the Cardinals, right? they They couldn't take advantage of those moments. Uh, and the Cardinals did. The Cubs need to start doing that and and I think uh, as as fun as canario season was, uh, he makes a lot of sense to to have up next year, but he also makes a lot of sense to to you know see what the market is and if you can get that one or two pitcher for him that's on an expiring or near expiring deal uh i i think it's i think it's worth exploring yeah. not saying trade i'm not saying trade canario right. i don't like him Zanady's i'm not saying him out of the, like he's the
0: guy who has to go no I, yeah. I get it and it is the reality that the best way to manage a roster crunch is to to trade and to convert some of those guys that might get squeezed out or that or ahead or the guys ahead of them that do have just significant value. And it's like, well, but we could convert this into value in another area. Um, so we, we might see that. And I think the, the real, uh, question there is can you be good enough at scouting your own to not send, uh, away the next Hayden Wisniewski, uh, right, right. bringing it back. Uh, so good one, good talk, good end of a good minor league season for the Cubs and a good uh you know second half for the Cubs. They'll get one more against the Phillies today and then six uh in two different series against the Reds due to the vagaries of rescheduling during a, a lockout extended season. So Cubs certainly could finish with a lot of wins from here, and uh I hope they do. This is Onto Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahadev Sharma. Get his at The Athletic. We will be back at you early next week. And uh, in the meantime, hope you have a great weekend. Take care, everyone.